0: Hello and welcome to the Throw In Independent.ie's GA podcast. I'm Will Slattery, and we've another action-packed show lined up for you today. In just a moment, we'll talk to Alan Brogan about the weekend's action, as well as Dublin's upcoming quarter-final against Monaghan. And a little later, we'll discuss Kerry's comfortable win over Galway with Tomás O'Shea. But first, I'm joined in studio by Rory O'Connor of Rory's Stories, Conor McCown of The Herald, and David Brady, former Mayo midfielder. And we'll start with David. Uh, as we do every week when you come in, kind of checking your vital signs, checking your frame of mind after what was another
4: outrageously dramatic Mayo game. And it's Menses and I, I'm... I woke up this morning and I said to myself, how am I going to feel? Because it, it really is in your own... It's it's a, it's in my own hands. And again, <laughs> I can say I'm tired, I'm a fatigued. Um, but it, uh, you're going, you know what, it's, it's just another Monday. And uh, Mayo, again, go from the complete opposite of what they were last week. And... Uh, they give everyone a journey and an experience, and, and Roscommon combined that yesterday to give us what I would call, you know what, I, I I won't use the word fantastic game. High on drama, but low on quality. It was it was it was as low as you get. And if any other of the teams that played over the weekend came up against either of them two teams, they'd have they'd have knocked them out without a doubt. And uh, very low on quality, high on in drama, intensity, storylines, goals, excitement. Everything else, but it, it, it's it's let's, let's if we're going to pull it, if we're going to pull it back. It was very poor quality, high turnovers, unforced errors, some erratic shooting, uh, missed opportunities. Because for me, the opportunity Roscommon had them there, and they had them further taken. And especially coming into the the halftime break, about ten minutes before halftime, they shot three or four wides that were deplorable, and it took it zapped a lot of confidence from Roscommon and it gave me all the opportunity to come back. Nine-point turnaround in the first half. Yeah, it was weird because some of the
0: key men like you Killian know, O'Connor, Aidan O'Shea, who had been so good in the qualifier run, just didn't fire at all. Pretty
4: much yesterday, like Killian kicked a lot of uncharacteristic wides from pretty close range. Yeah, no team deserved to win that game yesterday. Um, that's that's the reality. Of it. If you're trying to you go on and look at this morning, who who, who can you pick out to play it actually extremely well or particularly well? You'd, you'd have a, you'd have a handful, like two or three players, one or maybe one from either side. Um, played played anyway to 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 the degree of what they can, uh, but again it's it's you g- you give credit. People are saying uh, you know Kevin McStay got it right in his matchups and everything else. Stephen Rochford got it right in his matchups because the more or less nullified. You know everyone was kind of taken out of the picture and out of the equation, and uh, there just seemed to be an inhibition to to win yesterday.
0: Yeah, Conor, do you think it was a fatigue issue for Mayo why their performance was so poor? Because they have had some very taxing games over the last few weeks. Or, or what do you think maybe that they were certainly off the pitch they'd even played to this year? Yeah, th- 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 I don't know what was the start that really, really caught them when they realised that,
5: like, that, like, Mayo asked, like, they played to a level where they were just good enough to beat Derry Extra Time. They played to a level where they were just about good enough to beat Cork. Uh, played to a level where they just got a draw out Rascom. But I still wouldn't count them out of, you know, having a, a really good cut off Kerry and/or du- Dublin if that was to come around because they have the big game players. But for some reason yesterday they couldn't really coax. Them. Like besides Lee Keegan, I agree with David. I don't think there was very many male players that you could say were in were in their best form. But you know after that period when they went down, they were eight points down or whatever whatever it was. Defensively, like it wasn't that you could pick out three or four players that were winning their battles, but like. Ross play in the final tour was really, really poor. And every time they kind of came up to the 50-yard line, every time they came up to the 45... I know Kevin McStay, I think, came out afterwards and and basically named and criticised his inside forwards. and He said their movement wasn't good enough. But the the amount of bad shots that Ross Common took on, the amount of poor passing that they... Like, they were ambitious. They tried to go for it. You can't fault their guile or their effort or their confidence or their belief that they were going to win it. But I think... Probably it was because how Mayo set themselves up. Um, I think it, it was, you know, the experience of the players that they have. But I don't know, is it we were just talking about this, but I don't know is it
2: the
5: is it the you know, is it their athleticism or is it the miles on the clock rather than what's going on between their ears at the moment? Because like, this qualifier run, it has to consume all your thought space as a team and as a group of footballers, you know, like, they're playing every single week, they're being taken to the pin in their collar, they have just enough time to get a bit of recovery in before they start going
0: again and, maybe it's a mental fatigue thing as much as a physical David made an interesting point before we came on there. Like, are we kind of overstating how, maybe not, obviously these games are taxing, but like, it's a game of football, 70 minutes, okay, 90 (laughs) twice for Mayo, but that's what they're there to do at the end of the day. They're there to play football.
4: And it's, it's perception, again, you're going, if someone tells you you're tired, you kind of believe you're tired. And again, it is only 70 minutes. Now, the problem is your journey's up, your preparation, you're leaving on a Friday, your game is on a Saturday or vice versa. You are spending two or three days preparing for this game. And again, it's it's like if you train them four or five times a week, you're going to be training for an hour, an hour and twenty on a Tuesday, gym Wednesday, hour twenty, and that's 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 there anyway. But you're going to cut it back, and I I think I don't think it it's it's, and I don't think Mayo can let it, or any team should ever let it. Say, oh, mentally we're fatigued, so we're on the road. Man says we're we're playing in a, in a in a we're playing an amateur sport in a professional way, and I don't think it should uh, it should go against me, and it should be actually it should be their their downfall in the end. I don't think that can be. I think Mayo more likely, will be their own downfall.
0: Yeah, Rory, are you still confident in Mayo's ability to, to have a say in this championship? You, you sounded pretty bullish when you were trying to kind of console David after the draw.
2: Uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know, what whatever it is about him, like, the, um, I agree with what David said. I think every player, I'm sure Alan will say it there, and David, that you want matches like every week. You can't replicate, like, you've seen how rusty carry were yesterday. That's because A versus B can only bring that amount of, you know, intensity. So, I think of your last. Any of the Mayo players, they're loving this. Like, and I, 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 don't know what it is. I just think that the way the run is going, it's like again. I'm, I'm going to say Mayo win the All Ireland because if you look at form wise, the Dubs are Kerry would hammer on the ESB form, but. They're still. It's only been a year since they, you know, had Dublin on the ropes. Like they're not. They, they haven't went back that much. Like I do believe that, you know, you've seen the form of Lee Keegan. yesterday. you've seen Aiden O'Shea. Why he's done. I know he was quiet enough yesterday. Now he wasn't that quiet high. He was decent enough. Killian O'Connor was poor. Andy Moran is still the main man up there, which is still a bit worrying. But I just I don't know what it is about him. I do think they'll win the replay, and they might just get momentum. Is all they need to do is is really hit form for. Obviously, two games mainly, one if you can get there, two possibly because of the strong semi finals. But I don't know, I really like you look at the layoff the dubs are having, like they haven't been testing at all. Mayo are being tested week in, week out. That does stand to them mentally as well because they know they keep going through well. The dubs haven't really been absolutely destroyed this year, but when it comes to the last 10 minutes. They've kind of been always cruising, so that's hard to replicate. But Mayo have it in abundance, like from the last three or four weeks. So. I don't know, I just wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't write them off Jose. Definitely not.
0: Yeah, bringing Alan Brogan now on the line. Alan, I suppose there's been, uh, Tawas O'Shea said it was lunacy to carry it to wait five weeks to play Galway. But now we have other people saying that may are playing too many games in a row. Like, what's the ideal balance for an intercounty player from your experience?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the run Mayo on at the moment there probably is a bit of fatigue setting in and as and, and Dave said there it probably it uh, probably is a mental thing but I think as a footballer i certainly prefer to be in Mayo she was playing every week and, and you would hope that that Mayo are learning a lot of lessons along the way mm-hmm. it Was interesting, I was at a wedding yesterday down in Mayo actually and I watched the match with with a with, 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 with hundred Mayo supporters and just looking around the room with, with 10 minutes left and the look of frustration on their faces I, I just think they're a bit exasperated at the moment about how how things are going I was even thinking myself I'll just go and win this match Just and and they just couldn't seem to manage to get it across the line like I thought they they looked sharper than Roscommon I thought they were the better side I think they will they will win the replay but I'm just, just not sure about about the unity that's there at the moment like I'm looking at the Roscommon guys coming off and Lee McHale's there there. Pa- patting the subs off the field. Then I come to Kevin McStay. He's given him another pack going off. And there seemed to be a great unity about Roscommon. And just the male guys just just didn't seem to have that for me. And watching Andy Moore come off with 15 minutes left. And again, as I looked around the room, I could see heads going down. And this is our main man being taken off again with 15 minutes to go. And I just can't understand why you don't want Andy Moore on the field at the end of the game. Even if it means not starting And Bring him on after 35, 40 minutes and like, he's going to be a crowd lifter. he's one of the first, at the Dublin Fair when we looked at the Mayo team he was a guy that brought energy to the Mayo team Colin Boyle was another guy that brought great energy to the Mayo team and both these guys are on the bench for the last 15 minutes of what's their most important match of the year I just I just don't understand it from a from a, from a fair's point of view
0: Yeah the way Stephen Rogers would used, Annie morn and, and Colin Boyle as well it's obviously like a pre-planned decision Conor because he Neither of them have finished the game. Certainly, even in the last ten minutes, almost. It's very strange. Well, what in
1: fairness, it? they probably don't have. Like in two thousand and fifteen, when we played, um, when we played against Mayo in the semi-final, I, um, I came on. I was marking Colin Boyle, and 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 that's. 55-60 minutes. I knew he was under pressure. He is like he is pushing on a little bit. And seventy minutes at that pace is is heartstand, especially the way he plays football. So but like as a as a Common footballer I'd be I'd be so happy seeing a fellow like him going off with fifteen minutes left. And then you see Andy Mohan going off. So if I was Stephen Ross I'd be I'd be looking at bringing those guys off
5: the bench because they're the guys with the energy that are going to push Mayo across the line. Yeah, the, the thing about the, the subs is, like, if you look at the teams that are left in it, even Monaghan at the weekend, who haven't been renowned recently for having uh, a huge amount of depth in their squad. They brought on Jack McCarron and they brought on... Um, Conor McCarthy. Conor McCarthy and they added a huge amount of zip. Dublin are in the city now. We know Dublin are, uh, you know, have a huge depth of talent, but Dublin could be in the situation next week when they play Modern, where they can bring in Paul Flynn, Michael Darren McAuley, Kevin McManaman and Bernard Brogan. Um, and even like, Kerry now have really cultivated an excellent bench. Stephen O'Brien adds a huge amount to them. Darren O'Sullivan changes the point of attack the same way Kevin McManaman does for Dublin. They can bring on Brian Sheehan to make sure that there's no freeze-miss from within 55 Barry metres.
2: Barty John Keane is a great John is brilliant yeah, stuff. I mean, awesome. Barty
5: John Keane, not dash two should nearly be his, like He's always good for two points when he comes on. But the point about Mayo is just that... They're finishing with a weaker team than the one that they started with. And these matches are all being won down the final stretch of a game. But just on the Andy Moran thing, David might know here, but I was looking at the sort of balls, and it, because the sort of ball you always see Andy Moran in, win. They ping these little balls out, a little bouncy ball into the corner and he's to run out and he's to forage and he has his back to goal and his man is in his way and he has to try and beat his man once or twice. The opposition resets the fence and the play is laborious and he spends a huge amount of energy winning these balls. If you look at the way Kerry attacked at the weekends, they play with great wit. They come up the flanks and they ping little balls at the D right in front of the goal and they have either a high ball into Donnelly or O'Donoghue or Guini breaking very hard at that and from there, you know, the goal is opened up for them. You know they can go either side with runners, but like it, the 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 Mayo movement and particularly the balls into less so killing O'Connor, but absolutely always Andy Moran. Like it doesn't seem to do him any favors because you know fair play to him, he wins it and he forages it, but he's he, he's left in a situation where he's to lay it off to somebody who's not a good as good a finisher as he is, and 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 it just seems to be maybe not the best use of
4: you know the talents that he has. Yeah, you know what, and again, the talent that you have is what the male management, I think, should be making the most of. And I think, ideally, yesterday, and if you look at the conditions, you kind of say to yourself, right, um, Aiden is not having a great game, but he's, he's, he's capable of, of creating a lot of damage inside. You go even right, it's bypassing you around the centre, put him in, but if you had the likes of Andy coming off him, mm-hmm. instead of, as you said, uh, Andy spends most of his time on the left-hand sideline or the right-hand sideline, on his arse, getting the ball into his chest, coming up, men around him recycling it. Anytime Andy gets it in around the, the D, you, you're, uh, you're 100% assured he's going to do damage. Uh, I do not agree with him being taken off because if his name was, if, if his name wasn't Andy Warren, like your birth cert doesn't give you an automatic, you know, uh, ageism. Yeah.
2: Like he didn't look tired. Like, sure, he, he you know he owns his own we're fitness not, company. If yeah.
4: you want your most, if we had it, if we had Andy Moran coming on, and it's not about dropping someone, it's about using his expertise to 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 the, to the benefit of the team. If you had Andy coming on with twenty minutes to go in the Connacht semi-final against the Galway team, that was you know that the game was in the balance. Um, one thing, it, it, it's so, you know, you'd rather he come off the bench and start. Well I, I want I want someone that would make an impact. Give me, like young Conor Loftus comes on for him. I I But it's out that they need him from the start. That's why it's so No, you don't you don't need anyone from the start. The game is always won and the final whistle is blown. And again, there's seventy minutes and we've seen the ebb and flow of a game yesterday. Um the highs and lows and Mayo going down seven points. The week before that they were up seven points. But you need we 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 are we are we had two or three or four opportunities to, to, to win the game as well yesterday. Um, and it didn't happen. But we have not we have not and I, I'd say Alan, Alan said it there about the, 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 the there's, there's a closeness about Roscommon. Uh I don't know if I was a forward sub-forward on the Mayo setup right now I'd be considering you know what am I might just waste my time here because the only forward that comes on is Conor Loftus now either the rest of them aren't good enough or we haven't got forwards because you have Tony Vaughan coming on in around the middle you have uh, Stephen Cohn coming in for James O'Connor He's, Stephen is an out-and-out back. Uh, Stephen Drake coming on, who's an out-and-out back, kind of a, a, a half-forward defender. We're bringing on defensive people that are good players, but the, the, we, we need scorers. We need someone to kill off the game. And I was sitting down yesterday on just more or less five yards from the end line at the Hill, in the Hogan stand Lore. and we consistently, consistently played. And I'm not going to call him a sweeper, because a sweeper sweeps. A man sitting on the twenty-yard line, not, not getting involved in play when the play is thirty yards from goal. That's the time you stop your sweep. Then you push out and you go man on man. We are too. Mayor are too defensive. Um, and every single team, if if the whole lot was put a team together now, and say, right boys, let's head out of here, Alan get your boots, 15 is going to take on me we all. We'd nearly give them a game because they uh, give every f- team. <laughs> have you ever seen <laughs>
2: well, me play football?
4: No? Look, definitely the high <laughs> ball into Alan's you and Alan, Bro- Alan Brogan's going to feed off you. <laughs> every team to play, the Corks, the Clare's, you know, the, the, the Monaghan's, the Cavins, every team to play, and I'm counting it, 24 now, 25 games yesterday, 24 games have been there in the metal pop with 15 minutes to go. That's every single game in the last two years. Barred the Kildare game where there were nine points up with 15 minutes to go. You're going. Where's the most important time for the for the way you play, for the way that Mayor are setting up? When's the most important time? When do you need your strengths, and the strengths need to be there in the last fifteen, not in the first fifteen?
0: Yeah, Alan, you, you have experience coming off the bench. Obviously, in 2015, Jim Gavin used you in that kind of closer role. Um, like, how, how, what's the mindset like for that? Is it is it tough to adjust to maybe coming off the bench like that, like the way David wants to use Andy Moran? Yeah, like I think it is. But at that
1: level, like any, t- like as David said. Stephen Rashford can pick 15 guys to go They're going to get him to 50 minutes in the game, close enough in the game, and then he can throw in two or three guys. So I just don't understand how he's... I can't understand why he's taking Andy Moore off and not having him there for the last 15 minutes of these games. And, like I think if it, 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 they, they got away with it, Against Roscommon last week, but I think if it continues to happen they might be Roscommon the next day. But if if that continues to happen, then they are going to get caught in a semi final, I think. But they're not going to have a team on the field strong enough at the end of the game to win. But like I think Andy Morn, it, like as Rory said, there he didn't even look tired coming off. He, and, and, like why not leave Man? It looks like a predetermined. If you want to start him, just leave Man. It looks like a predetermined decision he's made that I'm going to whip Andy Morn at 55 minutes. And it's it, 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 but. And I'm not the only one struggling to get my head around. There was lots of people looking around yesterday as he was walking off. And, and the heads go down the shoulders, but I why is he doing this again.
4: Colin Boyle is the same, Alan.
1: Yeah, Colin Boyle. As I said, Colin Boyle a double footballer. When we looked at Mayo... Colin Boyle was a guy he identified. If we could shut him down because of his energy and the way he plays football, if we could shut him down, you stop the heartbeat of the Mayo team. And he's still, two or three years on, he's still a heartbeat. Now, there's other guys, obviously Lee Keegan too. But Colin Boyle is a heartbeat because of the way he plays, the passion he has. He's, a, he's one of the heartbeats to the team. And if you stop him, you go a long way to stop Mayo. And again, he's not there when the game is in the melting pot. When they need somebody to drag them over the line, he's a guy they've looked at for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine years. And now he's not there, and I think they're struggling without him there in the last 15
0: minutes. Connor, there's one last point I want to raise before we move on to the other matches, and it's an interesting point. Eamon Sweeney actually made in today's paper. Obviously, you had Kevin McStay managing Ross Common, a Mayo man who had previously gone for the Mayo job, and Alan mentioned kind of the camaraderie, him and Liam McHale working well on the sidelines. Like, what do you think Mayo might look like with Kevin McStay in charge? Do you think they might be in a better place or better prime to win an All Ireland?
5: I don't know. Like, I mean, ultimately. It, it seems to be that the team is being held back by the lack of uh, freshness, you know. Like if you go back to the 2013 All-Ireland final when Dublin, even the 2012 All-Ireland semi final when Dublin played uh, Mayo, the, the game that Mayo won, the Dublin team has undergone massive transformation. Like we were talking about it a few weeks ago. There's probably 9, 10, 11 players who have changed. And Mayo have the same guys. And it's full credit to those guys. You know, they have been... Hugely successful. They've gotten to an all Ireland finals. They've won a lot of Connacht titles. They've like been involved in some of the games of the decade. They've been they've they formed a really really compelling team, but it's the same guys the whole time. And it's and it's it's it's, I mean, and, and I'm just saying this because I don't know what Kevin McStay or anybody else for that matter could do to solve that problem because if the players aren't there, they're just not there. But like if they weren't good enough to win an All Ireland, albeit... will as close as they were in 2012, 2013, how can they be good enough to win it in 2017 when Dublin and Kerry uh, and probably Tyrone now have all evolved to such a stage where you would probably say that they're a better team now than they were then. And
4: and again, I think a manager, you become my own manager tomorrow morning. Your number one objective, your only opportunity, and the only thing that matters is win or learn. I think it's wrong. And what it is, is that managers come in and they're going exactly, they're going, well, That I have to go straight away on the hoof, pick my best team or the team that's been successful over the last, no one has been challenged in the Mio team. No one has been actually saying, you know what, um, you're, you're not guaranteed your place. Now, to have the guys uh, competing for your places, you have to introduce them. And we're introducing guys like Evan Regan, uh, like uh, Conor Loftus, now, they're the only two forwards, of uh, really, that played in the National League. This podcast will last longer than them two forwards played in the entire National League. And you're going, these are the guys you want coming in and making a difference with a bit of confidence. They're going into a championship structure or a championship format with no confidence because they didn't get the, 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 the minutes behind them in the National League. Again, it, the, it, it's, it's vital to stay in Division One, but you have to introduce new blood. And it's not like, Mayo have know, having won a minor are under 21 in the last six, seven years. to have. They were All-Ireland under 21 champions last April. You know, a few years before that, they were minor champions. So there's people there, but I, there's no one willing to introduce. Next man that comes in, whether it's two weeks' time or two years' time, he is going Say, to have...
1: Like, so if you take... If you take... Why not put him in a team and leave him in the team? Let it develop over the course of the summer. If you take the case of... Take the case of Noel Scully with Dublin. Like nobody would have thought last year that Noel Scully would have started four championship matches. He'd probably start next week, and nobody would have thought he was going to start four championship matches. And there's probably guys in the bench that 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 are probably slightly ahead of him. But Jim sees he looks a bit longer term than what's happening yeah. next week, and he sees I'm going to need a I'm going to need a, a wing forward in in with, with, imagine us. Dubny are going to need a wing forward in a year or two. And if he doesn't give the likes of Niall nice Scully game time to develop and come through and build confidence, then he's not going to be ready in two years when he's needed to start. So what's going to happen is, because Conor Loftus is back on the bench now, yeah. he'll stick with Andy Mawne, he'll stick with these guys. When Andy's gone in a year or two, Conor Loftus will become Mayo's main corner forward. But he won't he won't have been blooded properly. He won't have the confidence at, at, at this level to carry that
4: mantle at that stage. A hundred percent, Alan. And a good manager will say to a, to a young player, on the side, you know what, Alan? Between me and you, I am not going to take you off no matter what happens. Yeah, I'm happens.
1: sticking with you,
4: yeah. I, I, do, I don't care. If you kick 20 whites, today you are playing the full 60 minutes. Maybe 55 with five minutes left we might give you a rest but you're going give the player confidence but we, yeah. we, we, we there's no confidence in our, in our forward in our forward um, see,
2: substitutes it. Like say if Conor Loftus was the start like naturally like big crowd he's in the corner he's like okay I have to score in the first 10 minutes here. I have to like. Yeah. if I don't I'm gone first ball comes in kicks it wide it intercepts he's straight away in his mind looking going oh I bet you that's my number coming up and that's yeah. exactly like. so I agree with you you need to go in there going right I, if I have the worst game ever he's not taking me off and that's when you'll see yeah. him express himself because he's too afraid take a man on he'll get it he'll probably hand pass it off and I couldn't agree with Johnny More and that could take transition it's like someone takes over my own next year give me three years don't put pressure on me to win the Sam Guard this year. Let me develop, yeah. bring in a few under-21s, a few minors. We'll get rid of a couple of the old stock. Have them on the bench like the Dubs have now with Brogan. And then we might have the right material to get over the line. But you're right, I, that's spot on analysis there, yeah. to be honest. Though. I
0: think we spent enough time on Mayo. There's going to be more stories for them throughout the summer. So we'll move on to the Saturday's qualifiers, Connor. I know you were on Croke Park. Um, Kildare was probably the big disappointment of the weekend. They got a lot of praise for, I suppose, losing by nine points to Dublin. Uh, was that maybe an overrated uh, performance by them? Because they were four to nine to beat our man, lost by three.
5: No, I thought they were a huge disappointment on Saturday night. I thought they underperformed, um, and I didn't. I mean, you know, the, the narrative behind this Kildare team was that you know they're young and they have talented players and they have a you know a progressive manager and they've been promoted to Division One. Here they are, They're the team ready to take on Dublin in a couple of years' time when they kick on in their development. But, I mean, you know, getting to get into where you want to go, the first thing you have to do is beat the teams beneath you. You know, I mean, it's all about the here and now. You know, it was a qualifier last week, the two weeks to get their head around it. Um, you know, that Kevin Feely got off a of suspension. Um, and those big players that looked like they were going to really lead this team for the next few years, and still will probably, they were a big letdown on Saturday night. Um, you know, I know Arma have a bit of momentum behind them. They look like they're getting the most out of themselves. They played with great kind of. Uh I don't know they play with a great certainty that Kildare didn't really seem to have. When the pressure came on Kildare, you even saw Kevin Feely's free miss towards the end. You know, when the pressure came on Kildare, they started panicking. They started trying to force a goal. Um, you could see them being taken out of their, their, their process or their thought space or whatever it's supposed to be. The teams are following when they're on the pitch because they realised... What was on the scoreboard and what was on the clock. And, you know, I just thought they were a real disappointment. Like, with credit to and Karen McGeaney and Jamie Clark and everything, it was a good performance from them. Uh, they managed the result extremely well. They were extremely physical. But, you know, Kildare are better than that. And it's a big disappointment for them to, like, you know, it's all well and good saying you're in Division One next year, but the league doesn't start till February.
0: Yeah, Alan. Before the Leinster final, you were kind of talking about like, oh, I wonder what, why are people talking about Kildare so much? Like they beat a, a poor Mead team. So maybe you weren't as surprised as other people that they were ultimately upset by Armagh.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. What I'm saying that I know I went for Meath against them in the in the in the in the, the Leinster quarterfinal, final, semi final, whatever it was. But haven't seen them against Dublin um, and seen them against Meath. I was well, I was pleasantly surprised by them, and I expect them to beat Armagh at the weekend. To be honest with you, but. Um, in Division Three, Clare up to Division One now. So, uh, but, but but like I was happy for Kerry McGee. I think he's gone about with quietly up there. He's taken his fair share of criticism over the last couple of years, and I was happy to see them. Went out to see Jamie Clark back as well, and um, I know he spent a summer away last year. But to see him playing football and kicking scores the way he was
2: was uh, was lovely to watch.
0: Yeah, Rory Jamie Clark put on a bit of a masterclass, especially in that second half. He, he was unbelievable to watch.
2: Yeah, like I suppose like I don't know about your I know Connor was there, and he was saying on it, about the, the running he done. Like you can never see it on the tellys, you know, with, with the movement. Like you can only see the. Um, you're a good man for it in your day, Alan, making them runs there, left, right. So you're an absolute pest of a man to mark. But anyways, uh, I remember one day you gave Mark O'Reilly a bit of a going over. I will never forget that day. But anyways, again a
1: few years ago now.
2: Bad, bad, bad times. But um, about going forward with Jamie Clark, um, it's it's just his his brains. It's all about his head. Like it's like the gooch. Like he he doesn't need. Doesn't have any physicality about him. He's just everything is just slowed down when he's in possession. He's just he's just a class act, really. And you know, there's no doubt about it. Like he's uh, you know he's not going to get that space against Tyrone. Like he's, I'm, I'm sure that Tyrone are already planning um, a kind of right tight so-and-so on him now to kind of rustle him up. But um, on the game itself, it just looked to me that Armad bullied him a bit. I'd say Cair McGuini's prep was like, let's get stuck into these. Let's see what they're all about. They're a nice team if they're let-play football. That old-skill high field and then, you know, lovely kick pass and can be nullified by just getting stuck into them. And that's what Armad done. They just... Just won the physicality battles on the day, but I'm um, a bit disappointed from Claire. Like, especially again, it, it shows where me potentially are <laughs> at with the, being bet by our Man what Claire done to me. But um, no, I think Jamie Clark, like, he's, he's teed up now to hopefully, you know, move forward. I don't think he's going to get any kind of space against Tyrone, and I don't think he's going to ha- uh, he have played, as much of influence at all. He, like. He's, he's teed
4: up, all right. <laughs> yeah, but he, he played for a lot
5: of that match as the only inside man for Armand. It's a really hard thing to do because, like, you can't you know, take a break. You know, when the ball is coming up the pitch, you're on. You know, it's, you can't get anybody else to do the running for you. There's a couple of balls that came in and and I looked down at it and what you would have saw on the television was a ball coming into Jamie Clark's arms, a lovely little sidestep, wrong footed the defender and stuck it over the bar. But what you didn't see was he made five runs before that to get into that space. He went... Between the sweeper and his man, he dragged them back, and then he went up to the middle of them. And two, maybe three years ago, you would not have associated Jamie Clark with that sort of work rate. Right there was great footage yeah.
0: on the gave him with his hands on his knees, looking like he was panting. Yeah, and, he and then he just his marker stay, again. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know if it was a bit of playing possum or if he was it, actually yeah, a snacker. Yeah, yeah, I right,
2: <laughs> confuse the lads. So the, the carers are right. He, he's banjoed, so I can take my eye off him for a second and keep on. End, as okay. he said, I'd say it was it
4: was planned all right. Like it's it, it's it's he he is probably he he, he looks like. The most intelligent football, when he, you know, when he gets the ball. And his, again, his work rate, it has to be, you have to sacrifice a lot for even to get that. You're only going to get the ball maybe six times, seven times. Um, I thought uh, Kildare were, were, were far too loose uh, on him. I think it was Ali Lyons mark marking him in the first half. I think they gave him, they should, you know, he won't get that latitude against Tyrone. Not a hope in hell. But um, again, we're going back, substitutes. Uh, Joe McElroy, Ethan Rafferty. Ethan Rafferty's point.
2: Unbelievable.
4: You know what? I, I've kicked four of them in my time. <laughs> and each time I woke up because it's 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 something that's <laughs> a dream point
2: point. And it, he huge, it was going another twenty years. he made a
4: huge impact for them off the bench against
5: Westmead the day yeah. he won down on Mullingar I think he's just coming back from injury um because when you see the things
0: he did with the ball the other night, you think, well if he's in any way fit, And he's the point in the came right after him. Feely missed that, yeah. that free. That, that he a very,
5: very he, he get away the
4: pre. Yeah, but he very
5: well, they were very well drilled
0: as well Armagh
5: if you, I don't know could you make it out from the television as well But Kildare tried to press the kick out in the first half um, but Armagh were really well drilled they, they actually they brought so many men deep And when Kildare followed them with the press, it was actually left as a three on three, and they actually kicked the kick out over the press. They won the kick out, and then it was kicked quickly into the full forward line. And it's actually to the credit of uh, Mick O'Grady and David Heidel that they didn't, Kildare didn't actually concede two or
0: three goals from that in the first half, because they were actually left in a two on two situation in their own 45. Do they have any chance of giving Tyrone a proper game? Because I I watched some against them against Down when they I were defeated, and I actually saw a lot of positive signs and thought they could go on a run, but now obviously they're playing one of the marquee teams. I actually think they could give Tyrone a half decent game, but they're four to one odds, so that tells its own story, David. Uh,
4: yeah. I'm going if you look at the quality in the the Ulster Championship. I, I, I don't think Tyrone are in the top three. I honestly don't. Um and I, I think they can they can seriously give them um, a challenge. Uh, it's it's again Tyrone the, the win over Donegal is probably put into reflection now um, that it wasn't as you know wasn't as good as you'd you'd, you'd make out the win against Down in the in the uh, Ulster final. Um, it's a it's a big game for Tyrone because your 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 form uh, your confidence is dictated by quarter final. August first of August tomorrow. Now is now is now is when we're going to see the real, the real quality come to the top, and I think Arma have a, have a, a, a an excellent opportunity. Um, th- there was there was again, when teams are successful and going through the back door, there was a unity about Arma um, and and a purpose, and you could see them afterwards. They were they were like they were they were really embracing each other and embracing the win, and I think they can they can challenge Tyrone, and again, McGinney knows you know. Uh, Ulster football to run football inside out and Mickey Hart vice versa, but I think that's going to be a crack. Yeah, all
5: bets are off usually, like when yeah when, when Ulster teams play each other in Crow Park, like they, they you know they play by a different a different set of rules. Well, the you last time they played
0: each other in Crow Park, I think it was a couple of sending offs in
5: two thousand five yeah. or yeah. Maybe, Oh, it yeah. will
2: be, and it'll be it'll be obviously it'll be important who 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 refs that game because you look at the David qu- Goff. Oh, is it yeah. okay? Well, look at Sam McQuillan yesterday. And, like I know again, the black card talks about enough, but there was two blatant black cards. I was delighted not to see them because he just—it was a slip. Like Crow Park is a disaster when it's wet, slipping and sliding. So, if you get a wet day like that, David Goff is obviously going to be the key man there, you know, because these are going to get stuck into each other. And I just hope he, common sense prevails again don't see black, yellow, red all over the shop. Like
0: and just moving on to the other qualifier, Alan. Obviously, Dublin now playing Monaghan, who, who had a win over Down. They avenged that Ulster uh, semi-final. Defense feed did you see anything from Monaghan that would maybe could trouble Dublin next weekend
1: yeah, I'm not so sure I think um, Dublin have played in the championship over the last couple of years played them a couple of times in the league they will game the league this year actually but um, yeah, like you know what you're going to get from Monaghan it, 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 it's going to be intense they're a hard te- championship team at this stage but I think Dublin are they after further down the road and I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect Dublin to be losing that game look hopefully Dublin get a, a Get a good battle going into it in Ireland semi-final, probably against Tyrone. I'd, I'd probably rate Tyrone a little bit higher than David with there, and I think um, a lot will be riding on on Jamie Clark in that game. And I, I don't think he'll get anywhere near the space he got yesterday against on Saturday against Clare. I think Tyrone will have the know-how and the uh, um, and the man to be able to shut him down a lot better than he was on Saturday. But I I expect them to come through to come through that one against Monaghan. But hopefully we we do get a good test going
0: into a semi-final. Yeah, Conor, what did you make of Martin's play? The first half, they were pretty poor down. Probably should have been further ahead. They had a couple of goal chances. And as you mentioned, they brought on Conor McCarthy and Jack McCarran. But you probably don't have the luxury of keeping them in reserve when you're playing Dublin. Ah, uh, well, I think they probably will from, from, from the you know, the point of view that they have to keep it tight
5: against Dublin, they'll probably just play with Conor McManus up front on his own. McManus's display the last, uh, on Saturday was very interesting. He, like, I think it was 52 minutes before one of the Monaghan starting forwards scored from play. Um, but McManus has been carrying an injury for the last couple of years, and there were two or three times when he passed up a shot that he would. Almost always in the in the past have taken. He like he laid off balls when he should have kicked. Now he, his free taking was absolutely exemplary, and he, and he kicked two really good points from play towards the end of the game. But he doesn't look like he's moving quite as well as you know he could. He's still their best forward. Like McCarran, in the game against Dublin in the league was an absolute revelation it's got, very poor championship though. and he has fallen off the face of a cliff since then so I actually think that Monaghan will be better off leaving him and Conor McCarthy on the bench trying to grind it out because if Dublin go ahead they're gone you know you, you won't catch Dublin uh, another team like Monaghan they definitely won't catch Dublin so I think they'll just have to try and really restrict space get it to a 5 to 3 or something like that at half time 6 to 4 something close and then bring in
4: those fellas that's their only hope uh, it's a big call for a manager to say you know what the game could be, it could be twelve points down, and bring, there he goes, bring it on, McCarthy, McCarron. But you have to, have, you have to take these gambles, and you have to play to these scenarios. Um, but sometimes knowing that you have players to come on can can give you that bit of, you know, what we we know our plan, we know the way we're going to set up, and if we're in this game at all. Now I don't think they'll go as as defensively. I think it was, was it two years ago they were playing Tyrone, and they went. The the they nearly put tried to put 16 players behind the ball. It was it, and it was, it didn't suit the attributes of Conor McManus and that. Uh, Kieran Hughes, fantastic, um, fantastic. He's going to be key. And again, the Dublin the Dublin um, management, of Jim Gavin would would be focusing to to, to to nullify these players. But I I don't think they can. Um, they will. they, will, uh, they, they survive, lost by 17
5: points to Dublin in the 2014 All Ireland quarter final and it was an almighty hiding and it yeah. was close until about 25 minutes and they conceded two goals like that and i just think that will be the template from which they will set up the next day because they know that if you know if they concede a couple of goals
0: in a quick succession like Kildare did yeah. I think they'll be completely they'll be taken out again. I just want to have one word in defeat for Conor Harrison uh, Rory you know Down's big full forward who put on a masterclass and he did so in the first game against Monaghan as well it's great to see a, probably kind of a traditional style full forward in there wreaking so much damage
2: yeah just the ball winner like again you know, um, we, we all seen uh, Donaghy yesterday it's great to see that but it's all about the ball in as well like there's no point in opening it down uh, down the middle, always has been cross field ball and like the big full forward. and Donny, he's the key, Harrison is, is great one to work the hips and the arse. Dave, you're a good man around the middle at that. And you're easy, to high ball. That's <laughs> <yourself
4: already. laughs> <He's laughs> so all he, I can he, do in a football uh, field is the 38 I inch. I don't arse. know which is bigger, his <laughs> hips or his arse. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all. Like, Joe Sheridan
2: was a, a king of it as well. Yeah. He just put the ball in, he gets the arse, gives it a shake. And that's that's traditional style full football. He like had the bomber, Colin Corkery, gave mine and torture for it over years as well. So, um, just a quick one, Alan, you were speaking there about hopefully that Dublin are going to get a good game um, against Monaghan. Like, realistically, from uh, April to from April to now basically Dublin's probably A versus B games are, are more intense obviously than the whole Lancet Championship how do you go about that are these, are these A versus B games are they like the, the whole Brian Cody ones where they're flaking each other and training is there a few rows is there a few scuffles or what kind of tempo is the game at
1: uh, there is I think in any county it's fine uh, these, a versus B, these A versus B games particularly the week before and stuff when it's at its most intense maybe, maybe the game before the team is going to be picked they can they can generally be a scuffler too and well, most managers now I think like to see that they let the old scuffler too go just to just to get lads going but um, like, I think in fairness in fairness to Kildare Dublin will have learned something from that game um, um, I thought Kildare put her up to Dublin for long periods of that game so and, and like, there still is question marks over, over the Dublin full back line like like Hilaire did get through a few times so I think Manna need to look to exploit that they need to look to have a go at it I think if they try and sit back and soak up all the pressure maybe like they did in the 2014 they will get like remember Dermot got a goal and Dublin got a goal shortly after that again and the game was over in the space of space of a couple of minutes so I think it is important and come out and try and have a go Was look at the fine balance you need to protect at the back but I think there is question marks over Dublin there and if, if, if I think if one and our brave must have a go, particularly with the likes of Kieran Hughes and these guys, like he's, a, he's as good a player as, as is in any county now and if, if they can get the likes of him on the ball and if he's operating a full tilt, then then he could have a real cut off the dubs, yeah?
4: Question question for you, Alan, and look, we've talked about Andy Warren and maybe the benefit of him coming on. Look, I suppose it is it is a a personal question for you, but I, I thought the form of Bernard the last day um, was absolutely phenomenal. Now again, I don't think you ever sat on the bench and felt you were you were you were a substitute. I think if you're on the bench, you feel that you need to be starting and uh yeah absolutely. yeah i I think um you know again he should start uh, without a doubt, like the form he's in it's it's and it's 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 i think you're 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 not using the full energy and potential, not potential, but the full energy he can give you for a long period of the time of the game because it's it's um you know, and again, competition is healthy in a squad. You can't just continually come on and score two, three, four points and back in the bench two, three, four. Uh, you have to be rewarded with performance. And I think.
1: Yeah, you do have to be rewarded. And I think, like, I don't think he will start from now. I would, but I don't think he will. And um, like again, he's looking at the likes of Khan now, and he's, he's he's seen these guys where well, I need to prepare for after Bernard broke and he knows he has Bernard as a very valuable tool coming off the bench now. And I so thought he's also performed coming off the bench, so I'm sure. James is happy now that that, 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 that kind of Bernard can deal with this mentally. He can mentally deal with being a sub in this team and come in and he can do a job for me, do a very good job for me. So I don't I'd be surprised if I'd be surprised if Bernard starts. to be honest with you.
0: Thanks, Alan. And now we're gonna to turn to Kerry. And a little earlier I caught up with Kerry Legend, Tomas O'Shea, to discuss his county's win over Galway. And started by asking him, what was the general reaction in the kingdom to yesterday's win?
3: I think um number one, I suppose, it's always when we were playing with Kerry, it was the same thing. We were always fearful of a quarter-final display. We didn't really know where we stood, and it's the same for for, for Kerry at the moment. I think it's absolutely lunacy to have five weeks of a gap from when you play a Munster final to when you play an All-Ireland quarter-final. Four weeks, five weeks—it's ridiculous. Mm. So you're inside training and you're 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 playing challenge matches. You don't know what pitch you're at. You don't know what level you are at. You don't know is the intensity high enough. And you're very, very cautious coming into a quarter final, and that's the way it was always. Um, Kerry, for me, yesterday looked like they were in third gear. Any time that Galway became a threat, they were able to to to, to put the boot down, and uh, Galway to me didn't look like they were going to win this game at any stage of the match. Mm. You know, um, I think Kerry just did about enough. They, I, I think, in fairness, Paul Murphy I thought was outstanding. I think Johnny Buckley. I I thought before the game, McCarthy was was injured. I thought Buckley would actually add to the forward division. He has got a work rate, an off-the-ball work rate that is phenomenal. He made a block under the Hogan stand there towards the end of the match. And um, he's the kind of guy that would add to the Kerry set-up and the way they play, the style of play they have. So I'd expect him to keep his position. Uh, Kelly and goal was good. Dave Moore was very good at midfield. But I suppose we were open at the back again. You know, and... I think, and the theory I would have on it is, like it happened against Clare, it happened against Cork to a larger extent, and now it happened against Galway again. Now Galway have direct runners Walsh and, and Comer are strong, athletic, big men, and they cause us serious problems. But we don't play a sweeper. Kerry don't play. I shouldn't say we. Kerry don't play a <laughs> sweeper, right? And Marley more often than not. In the, in the Munster final, he had a man-marking job on Collins. And he had a man-marking job yesterday on Michael Daly. And he goes with him. Yeah. Therefore, the, the middle is kind of... It's not guarded as such. So what you're depending on then is you're depending on your, your half-forward line and your midfield to actually tackle and work hard, hard, hard. Track the runs, track the men coming forward. And more often than not, it will work. But if you go along... Or if you make a kick pass and you, you bypass that middle third, then there is gaps at the back and carry. And I think that is what Fitzmaurice will take from There's no doubt. Should they play a sweeper? Play game. I don't think so, no. I don't, I, I think um, it's it's alien to, to carry to play a sweeper. I think that sometimes a sweeper gets lost. I mean, you look at Mayo. Mm. For me, Keith Higgins has been there. McLaughlin was our sweeper last year. And at the start, McLaughlin was lost. Now towards the end of the year, McLaughlin... Was actually doing quite well as a sweeper in my eyes. Um, Higgins is, is kind of lying. I thought Higgins was okay yesterday. Um, to be fair, I I, I think um, uh, Ross Common played an unbelievable sweeper. Nile Kilroy was actually brilliant in that role, but I don't think it suits Kerry. I don't think I think Kerry have enough um, footballers outside and they walk hard enough. They have a very hard walking half forward line. They have a hard walking midfield. They're half backside the, their backline is settled. That's the one thing I'd say at the moment, you know, There's not too many switches. There's no big names going out or in. Tom um, Fitz would probably be under a bit of pressure yesterday. You know, I, I thought that Ian Burke was outstanding in that first half. You know, mm. and but it, it, like if you look at it, defenses, don't work like they used to. You know, you had a man to watch, and that was it. Now, Ian Burke scored four or five points yesterday, but that should be looked at collectively. You know, that could be saying, where did our scores come from? Why weren't we in space? Why wasn't there somebody back to support? Those midfielders are expected to come back. But I think it's certainly an area where Fitzmaurice will be looking at. Um, there's no doubt after the court game that they looked at it and they were trying to figure it out. But I do think Marley, if he's doing man-to-man, you can't blame him for not being in the middle of, the, of that say runway down the middle of the carry defence so I think it is an issue for them and I think that's probably what they'll take out of yesterday it was very patchy I mean compared to the court game they were slick they were fast they moved it their handling of the ball was excellent um, yesterday I don't think I think it was very patchy at times it was excellent you know in the first half there when Ganey was on the ball he looked very sharp Yeah, when it's Donny, the- that long ball yeah
0: Yeah, it's funny because you mentioned, uh, you know, the the craziness of the five-week break. So you would have thought maybe at the start, Kerry might have been a bit rusty, but the actual, the start of the game was probably when they played their best, when Donny was feeling those high balls and dishing it off to Ganey. So they actually did start quite well.
3: They started very well. You know, they actually, I think it was more the directness. I think Kerry are at their best when there's no play of the ball. They just look up and they just ping it. And I think at the start of the game, we were putting in long ball. I mean, I, I thought that um, um, Galway really, I suppose, when you look at it, um, out of the full forward line, Ganey, who, uh, and Donahue were absolutely outstanding against Cork. Now, Ganey and Donaghy. Dunahoo had a quieter game yesterday. You know, and, and Galway... Was he carrying an injury? For, for, well, that's, the, the rumours were that he was carrying an injury. You know, I'm not sure, was he? Um you don't know what's happening inside there with, with, with um, like we don't know what's happening inside in Kerry. We don't know the rumors were going about yesterday morning, and people were saying that he was gone, but he wasn't sacking And next we saw him starting. I think definitely from what I've heard, he didn't he didn't uh, train for the full three or four weeks, mm. and I think he just came in very very late. Now you can't you have to give credit to Owen Kerr, I thought he was outstanding. Mm. You know, and he got stuck into him. and He he's a, a, an aggressive player, and he's a physical player. He lives on the edge. And uh, I think that was one aspect of the weekend that, that stood out for me in terms of, like, a lot of fellas, I thought Lee Keegan gave a masterclass yesterday. I mm. mean, to have the energy to, to, to negate Enda Smith, who was outstanding, I thought it was a great move by, by Watchford, uh, to negate Enda Smith and yet have the legs and have the engine to go up and kick 1-3 in that first half and literally drag Mayo on his back for that first half. You know, I I think he lives on the edge. A lot of people were saying, you know, that that he's very very over physical. He's over the weekend. James Morgan lived on the edge against Niall Kelly. Um, McMahon has got his enough of it against Down. I don't agree with this that that it was a disgrace what what was going on. I think there's there's pluses and minuses. I think um, Lee Keegan. He's a physical player. He get he lives on the edge. He has to be careful he doesn't go over the edge, but very often he lives on the edge. There's a lot of players that live on the edge. Yeah, speaking
0: and, of living but, on the edge, uh, I don't, did you see Kieran Donny's incident when he grabbed Declan Coyne by the throat? It got a lot of debate on the Sunday game last
3: night. Uh, I did, but I wouldn't... like Look, anytime you, you, you go up towards the head or anything like that, you're, look, it's dangerous territory. That's the way I, I, I'd look at that. But I would say... And this is where the problem is. And I think that I think the referees overall over the whole weekend were excellent. I thought, you know, there was a couple of decisions here and there. Maybe there, there was a couple of soft frees given to Monahan in that end of that first half against Down. But overall, I thought the referees had a good game. But Donny, I guarantee you, you go over those four games, and I, the, the guys I named out there, the, the James Morgan and the Owen Cairns and uh, the likes of those players, I guarantee you, if you if you follow a camera on them you could have had the same argument. There was hmm. a couple of incidents I saw fellas raising hands and pushing and shoving and whatever, like. And to be fair, I've no problem. Kine came out and, and hopped off off Donny, and there was a lot of that going on. There was a lot of going on from the Armagh. The Armagh team live on the edge as well. But I think it's necessarily evil at times. You know, I, I don't think, look, I'm not advocating you can't go and you can't grab a hold of it. But I don't think he was choking. I think he was grabbing it. It was like, like Homer Simpson down. on
0: Bart Simpson, to be fair, to, in the footage. Like, he had his hands around his neck.
3: Are, but like if he Donnie, Donnie's a big man and he had his hands around his neck grand, but I don't think he was squeezing, I don't think he like, was pushing him back or whatever, like and he was holding him back. There was a lot of like if you look at it, if you if you put a camera on Donnie, Donnie gets off and it, it is it is like I'm not defending the man. You can't put your hands on the neck, right? And but he was dealt with at the time. The referee was there, so I have no problem with it. Get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And I'm not playing that down. I'd have the same issues. Owen Karen could have been called up in it. There was numerous players. There is a physicality coming into it. Lee Keegan could have been called up on it, you know, and there was a lot of pulling in, dragging in and drawing and messy kind of stuff like that. I don't really like. I never kind of got into it because it took away from my game, but that's the way they're playing it. And, you know, I, I think um, Donaghy is clever enough. He's not, he doesn't react and he is, he's a calm enough fella. Now, I don't think if he reacted properly, like if, for me, example, I, I'd have probably drawn a slap or something or a punch or something and, but Donnie just kind of, I think he was just holding him back and kind of just getting away. Now, he probably shouldn't have done it around the neck. I, it looked like I, a I, bit I, of a reaction, that. to be fair. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, I think the ref was on the spot at the time. The the umpires were inside. And a lot of things, look, there's a pile of things that are wrong inside in matches that, that, that happen. And they're not dealt with. They're not. That's what I'm saying, living on the edge or whatever it is. You go on the edge and you could be called up by another ref or a different umpire or whatever it is, but you're not. And that's. You have to be careful. There's no doubt about it. Kieran's probably after drawing a bit of attention to himself now over that. But to be fair, out of that game, that game wasn't a ducky game at all at all. And yeah. they highlight this on the, on the Sunday game. I didn't think there was any to highlight to be quite honest with you. Right. I thought Kieran Donaghy is a huge player for, for, for Kerry. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. A, a fella. Was thinking of retiring, and the impact he had on that game. I, I was just sorry that they, we didn't go direct enough in the second half, and see I thought he could have had a bigger impact in the second half had he got more balls.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it was moving to the positives for Donnely, like it was like 2006 all over again in that first half. He was absolutely wreaking havoc in there. Will he be able to do that? Do you think against maybe if they play Mayo or if they play Dublin, or was it just purely because the Galway full back line is so kind of exposed and, and maybe weak?
3: But I think he was uh, he was equally as impressive against Cork. You know, I, I think I, I had my doubts about this Garber full-back coming into this game. I highlighted it on the Sunday game the week before. I thought they were wide open at the back. They did try to get bodies back a lot more. I think they tr- they tried to play the same way as Kerry. I don't know if they are a natural sweeper. They did drop a man back all right, but I would question the way these sweepers play I think a lot of them are just like you can't Galway didn't play a sweeper last week yet they did this week and it's very very hard for a young fella to be told you're sweeping this week now and you need to do it you need to at least three or four games even league games to get that embedded into you and some games you don't need a sweeper other games you do I think Donnie has been absolutely outstanding this year he's come back with a freshness What he adds to the team I'd say even off the field is vital It's vital. He's a kind of guy, uh, he's a kind of a a great uh, personality about him. He's a great character. But when he's on song and when he's enjoying his football, he's a joy to watch. He's a handful for anybody. The one thing I would say is maybe a few years ago, he tried to take on too much himself and he tried maybe to take on guys and dummy solos and it wouldn't work out for him as as well. I think this year he's doing, what he's doing is he's doing the simple things right. It's It's a lesson to anybody playing any sort of football. If you're a halfback or a cornerback, you do your basics right. Donny, he's winning possession inside there. He's laying it off. He's not trying to be too ambitious. He's not trying to take on kicks that he shouldn't. And he's doing the simple things right. He's bringing a lot of players into the game, and that's what he does best. And I think as long as he keeps at that, he's a huge, huge threat for any team. And I, I include the dubs in that. You know, I, I think the more direct Terry are the more they use Danny, and not only have you Danny, Paul Gainey's a big man inside there you know we saw against Donegal in 2014 he's well able to win his high ball inside there and take on whoever and Donaghy I, th- I think yesterday's game will bring Donaghy on you know I think Kerry need the three of them going well and they need their, their middle age working hard like it is um, I think I think Kerry are in a good place you know I, I think they'll settle down now they'll look at the replay next weekend Common and Mayo it could be hard to call who's going to come out of that but Kerry are in a good place at the moment yes they have work to do and that's the most important thing you'd hate I would have hated as a player going up to Crow Park in a quarter final and absolutely obliterating the opposition and everybody talking you up it's not a good place to be in my mind you need to have some question marks and this Kerry team still have question marks over them and I think it's a healthy place to be Uh,
0: Tomás thanks very much I really appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time
3: no problem at
0: all. Well, David, were you impressed with Kerry's win over Galway? I know they were poor, but uh, there, were, there were some strong moments. Kieran Donaghy, Paul Gainey linked very well up front.
4: Yeah, look, it's, it's, as, as Tomás was saying there, it's, it's standard. And they're not going to uh, create too many headlines by the performances. I no, thought Kieran Donaghy was excellent. Um, I remember coming on on him 10 years ago. Uh, and I'm full forward, and he's. I suppose the way he's kept himself and the way he links, he's, he's probably he's one of the most unselfish players you, you could get. Um, but again, there there was a there was a time and a place and an opportunity, and it comes during a lot of matches for a lot of teams, no matter who's playing. That's they're turning points, and I think Galway missed the opportunity. I think it was Brian Kelly saved uh, in the start of the second half. That was the 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 chance. Like whether you're training for twelve months for something like that, that was the chance and that was the opportunity. Galway didn't take it, and uh, you know again you go, is there any pointers there for the for the James O'Donnell who's this word? He, he was taken off, wasn't very influential. Um, I suppose th- again we're going back, and this is this is a very common trait, and today's Football and today's podcast is the bench. You have the likes of Anthony Mara coming on, uh, Barry John Keane, the likes of him coming on, uh Sullivan coming on. You're going to have, they have, they have strength and have depth. Yeah, Conor, what did you make of the performance?
0: Kerry looked probably the best place to challenge Dublin. Do you expect them to progress to the All Ireland final? Ah, oh, definitely.
5: Yeah, they're definitely the strongest team on that side of the draw. Uh, just and Donaghy, I know, like there's a lot of praise going around from this morning. But like I remember sitting in Crow Park after the 2015 final and and thinking. But that's the end of Kieran Donaghy, like Rory O'Carroll had finished him, you know, he was the big man on the edge of the square, and if you put a big man in beside him who would break ball off him, he would just get narky and become less influential, and he wasn't able to move. And he, like his Even that day, though, he caught a throw ball he fed did, Killian yeah, Young, yeah.
0: and if Killian Young hadn't have fumbled it in the slippery conditions, it would have been but a, but a but replay. Though,
5: like, like, yeah. You know, over the weekend, we saw Conrad Harrison, you know, I mean, the, the, the long ball into the full forward has become a thing again, for whatever reason, whatever part of the tactical cycle we're in, the Managers seem to be going for that again, but Donohue is unique because, like, he's not just a fellow with great hands that can win it. He, he, like, he's already, and and I know a lot of this the Kerry movement. It does look, it's so smooth it almost looks from a playbook. But like, he's nearly, he's nearly given the pass on his way down. You yeah. know, I mean, the, you know, he knows where the players are coming from, and Peripheral. and we're just talk, we're talking about the you know Mayo movement and it being very one-dimensional you know it can be that ball into Andy Moran into the corner or carrying the ball up the pitch and waiting for Lee Keegan to break through but Kerry have everything you know I mean you can give that low pop pass that either Gini or O'Donoghue come in Gini's very good in the air and then you know when everything else is being clogged up or the runners aren't coming quick enough you can just go route one with Donoghue and it gives them huge options Yeah,
0: Rory last word on Kerry what impressed you most yesterday
2: yeah, but definitely Donahue there. And again, I, I go back to the reference of his, just his position is unbelievable. Like he's that like he's six five, his massive long arms. Like when when the ball is in right and Dave, you know this yourself, Mikey, and he gets that body in front, you can't he can't oh. even break no you, you you say I'm gonna break this and he's way ahead of you and that's and it's as you said, when he's coming down, it's the quick hands from the basketball and he's just he is he's a serious weapon to have. And um, Brian Kelly, the goalie, is very impressed with uh, made a couple of point blank saves. I don't know what it is about goalies, especially in the G. Yeah. Hey, hey. Whenever like they make a great save, they have to bollock out, bollock the full back line out of Jesus Christ. But then if mm-hmm. they let in the goal, they don't they don't go out. Do you ever see a, a goalkeeper stand there, ball hits, <laughs> the, and then raw he's oh shite, come in and grab yeah. it. Yeah. Every time they make a save, they have to bollock someone out, even though the,
5: I think it's the equivalent of the hurling fist pump for it, it, you it know is, the defender I, that I wins I the I free out. Level,
2: they're nuts like they really, and they even looking if you ever make contact with them, you have this madness in their eyes like and yeah. they're just touched like yeah. but anyways, that's uh keeping us free in the G <laughs> <the> A, <laughs> but
0: that is the perfect way (laughs) I'd like to thank Rory, Connor and Dave for joining us in the studio and Alan Brogan and Tommaso Schaefer speaking to us on the phone. That's it for the throw-in this week. We'll be back next Tuesday to review all the weekend's action. Until then, you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud or get us on independent.ie. Thanks so much for listening this week and until next week, goodbye.